that's when it came out of a clear blue sky. Oh, the dear good Lord's own sweet breath and his voice like an electric shock. I was Welcome to Good Luck America, a politics and news podcast, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Chet Wild. Hey everybody, welcome to Good Luck America, a politics news podcast, or is it a news and politics podcast? I'm Adam Todd Brown, that's Chet Wild. Reverend Chet Wild, and speaking of the pop-up for Avast Security, Avast. it's Avast Security, a vast. I'm avast. sure it's a vast. Yeah, we're saying the same thing. Avast. No, we're not, but go on. That ties right into the fucking theme of the show. Cyber security. Cyber security. I don't have a lisp. I don't know what anyone's talking about. No. Put enough compression on this. We all have a lisp. But everyone has a lisp in podcast heaven. <laughs> How about that? Who says we're going to podcast heaven? Every day you're listening to an unpops podcast it's podcast heaven baby what notable luminaries of the podcast industry would you say are in podcast heaven right now people that have died that are in podcast heaven mark Marin, he's still alive joe rogan still alive npr still alive gimlet media why are you naming things that aren't dead tom ryman did you see cracked was owned by demand right it sure was defy media just shut down <laughs> I know, I have a friend who is very distraught and fucked over that because they owe him a shit ton of money. Pay Ian Forty the money you owe him, Defy Media. God damn it. Ian Forty, drinking 40s, he waits on that 40 that's owed by Defy. That's a limerick I wrote. I don't know if that qualifies as a limerick. Oh man, I'm in such a good mood. Do we have to talk politics? At least this isn't a Trump-based episode. No, not really, yeah. That's our Thanksgiving gift to you. Yeah, this is coming out the week after Thanksgiving. Yes. But oh, th- this isn't coming out. It's Monday? not coming out Monday. Oh, so it's already been Black Friday, my favorite of the Fridays. Or I guess, I mean, I guess, but then we would have to try and record next week, at, like the day after Thanksgiving. Okay. It's fine, and I don't really want to do that. Uh, Adam Pod Brown and Reverend Chet Wild here talking about cyberspace. And we should note, I, I don't, I mean, since this is, I think this is the first time there's a week delay between us recording an episode of this and putting it out. So we could be at war with China and Russia by the time this goes up with the way the news cycle works these days. The nation is likely now more divided after people have had their Thanksgiving gatherings. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think this is a topic that's still going to be, it's got an evergreen quality to it, provided World War Three doesn't happen over the week of Thanksgiving. We're talking about cybersecurity. I want to, before we get into the heavy stuff, did you see my tweet this week about my favorite news story of the year? I might have. I've looked at your Twitter feed, but I'm not recalling the tweet. I, I talked about this on one of the solo episodes of Unpops Every Day that I've been doing recently. Japan's new head of cybersecurity, he was just appointed after Shinzo Abe took over as prime minister, has never used a computer in his life. He has said this publicly. He is their head of cybersecurity. He's in charge of computer security for the 2020 Olympics now, and he has never used a computer. That's so insane. I'm trying to play devil's advocate. There's no way to. 
There's there's no way to. If he was like an exceptional leader, organizational management and stuff like, but even then, no, you like you're n- the person that needs to make. Call. How did this happen? That's what everyone like when there was a reporter who asked him how this happened, and his reply was basically, "I don't know, but it's not my fault." Maybe the guy will be super efficient because he's never distracted by Twitter, email, or screens. Yeah, he has never once touched a computer, and that and it, does this include smartphones? Uh, I believe probably. But even if oh, it, man, let's make that even guy if president it, of our United States. Even if it doesn't, like, just having a smartphone does not qualify you to be the head of cybersecurity. And all his questions when people like they asked him if Japan's nuclear reactors use a USB stick, and he was like, "I don't know. The specialist can answer that. I can answer that. They probably do. Almost, almost definitely, because systems like that, you don't fucking pull them up online." You have to access them, and when you want to upload new software, you have to do it manually. They don't put those on the internet. So yeah, I can answer that, and I've just seen a few documentaries. And you own a smartphone, so maybe all it does take is somebody to own a smartphone. But I've also, I know my way around a computer. I can fix a broken computer most of the time. Like I'm, but even if, like even if not, just the having seen a documentary part. So this dude's never even seen a documentary about a fucking computer. It's insane. Yeah, I got nothing to add to that. That's fucking nuts. There, yeah, there's no, there, there's no devil's advocating. He's almost that. as unqualified for his position as our current president. Right. Yeah, I, I would say less so because at least Trump knows a few foreign leaders. Like this guy, it would be like fucking electing a president who's never met a person, just isolated his entire life away from that entire other facet of the world. Which wouldn't be our worst option right now. Yeah, probably not. It feels like we do sort of have that anyway. But uh, yeah, we're talking about cybersecurity. There have been a few stories this week that make me want to circle back to the topic. Stories that of, have been buried Well, There's a lot going, lot going on in the world. Yes. And yeah, I feel like by the time this comes out, this story still won't be that big of a deal. That's my prediction for the Monday after Thanksgiving. Real quick, you know what surprised me that hasn't been a bigger deal in the national news? These fucking forest fires. Well, they've been pretty big news. Not in the, and, and this was trending, other people have made this point, compared to how CNN, Fox News, all the mainstream media uh, cover hurricanes, like the days going into the hurricanes and the days of the hurricanes and the days after, and then like... Puerto Rico side, like, oh, maybe, like, five people die in Florida or whatever. Like, 60 people are dead, and over 600 people are fucking missing right now. And yeah. And it, it is a bullet point. Like, local news in L.A. is doing a great job covering it. it yeah. Just- well, the thing with a, a wildfire, you're, you're never going to have that days leading up to it coverage because sure. wildfires don't But the fires are still radars. burning. There should be people on the fucking ground at the fires. But see, that's the thing, too. No, there shouldn't. Like, with a hurricane, you can stand outside for most of it and still report. You're going to get battered by wind. You might get hit by debris. You're going to get super wet. But you can't just stand by a fire. And, like, those things... My hairless knuckles disagree. That's the problem with those wildfires is they move so fast and so unexpectedly, and especially when winds are, like, 50 and 60 miles an hour like they were. You make logistically good points, but I still think it's undercovered. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, there's there's a whole lot. I think a lot of news is on. undercovered because uh, the Trump craziness is the bread and butter of these networks and they don't want to break from it. Yeah. Well, it's been. Even that shooting got buried fucking a day later. Well, 
Are there any updates in, I thought, one of the creepiest stories last week, and I guess this also still ties to cybersecurity, but I talked about this on one of the solo podcasts also. You should all be listening to those. Plug, plug, plug. Uh, let's see if anything has changed. You should have a podcast called Butt, and then it could be a butt plug. Look at the last time Fox News tweeted. Oh, yeah. Why'd they stop tweeting? They stopped tweeting. The National Enquirer stopped tweeting. Jill Stein stopped tweeting. Matt Drudge deleted all of his tweets. Uh, WikiLeaks stopped tweeting. And they all stopped tweeting after a November 8th, which is the last time Fox News tweeted. There was this after-hours meeting at the Capitol between Mitch McConnell and Rupert Murdoch. And for some reason after that, everyone stopped tweeting. And Jill Stein seems like the real outside one there. No, not if it depends on your take on Jill Stein. If you were one of those dummies who saw her as a viable third party candidate for the United States, then yeah, that seems weird. But Jill Stein is very highly tied to the Russia investigation, like so many other of those people. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. There, Jill, there was Russian backing behind Jill Stein's campaign. Oh, just kind of like minus the Russia part, like how Ross Perot, like George Bush lost to Clinton, largely in part because Ross Perot, like, stole enough votes. Didn't right. actually steal them. but Yeah, that's that's the idea. You insert a wacky third party candidate with crazy ideas and enough crazy people follow him and uh, Jill Stein. So, yeah, she stopped tweeting. Uh, I don't know if all the other I know Fox News still hasn't. And they they blame it on the Tucker Carlson thing, but that wouldn't explain all those other entities doing it at the exact same time weird yeah it is it's a weird thing and you can hear me speculate on it on a few of the there's actually an episode of unpops every day called why did fox news stop tweeting and there's a lot of really interesting speculation as to what might be going on but by the time this goes up man who the fuck knows what if in three quick speculative guesses well one of the one thing people are speculating is that republicans might be planning to turn on trump because they know what's coming in the Mueller investigation sure and as of right now we're recording friday the 16th right like trump is having these oddly specific outbursts about the investigation and and one of the one thing people are speculating is that they know there's enough in the Mueller investigation to impeach trump and probably impeach pence And if they take the reins and do that before Democrats take the House in January, Paul Ryan becomes president. If they wait and Pence and Trump get impeached after January, when Democrats have control of the House, they get to pick. Well, it could be Nancy Pelosi or they get to just pick the next president. So if Republicans are confident that this investigation is going to bring Trump and Mueller down, it's actually in their best interest to try and get them out of office before the end of the year so they can still control the presidency, obviously. But that's just speculation. There's also the crazy QAnon uh, conspiracy that at some point Trump is going to launch a counter coup against the deep state and that he's actually been cooperating with the Mueller investigation because he found out early on that it implicated Democrats more than Republicans, <laughs> and that he wants a third party to look into this. Which is why he's been so outwardly right. outspoken. It's, a, it's like the, their argument would be that that's a cover and that he wants this to keep going, but he's pretending to be friends with Russia and pretending to be against this investigation. I find of those two both very wild, wildly speculative theories, I find the first one more credible. The second one, 
I don't think so. I would agree. Yeah, because the second one, if if you agree the second one is more plausible, you pretty much agree with every fucking QAnon talking point, which it's crazy stuff. But let's talk about the Paris call for trust and security in cyberspace. This is one of those stories where you hear that a whole bunch of nations have agreed to sign a thing, and then you hear the U.S. decided not to, and you're like, oh, what are we doing? And Sure. And to hop in on that real quick, like people lost their shit about us signing, rightfully so, myself included, lost their shit about us getting out of the uh, Paris Climate Agreement. Right. But one of the interesting things as I was reading up more on it is that's just like a pledge. They take it as like signing a dare pledge that like, I won't do drugs. Right. But then a bunch of people have signed it still do drugs. Like so many countries are not living up to oh, or for sure. enforcing. So I'm not saying Trump was right by any means to sign out of that. But it gave me a different narrative than what the media provided about it of like, yeah, all these people signed it, but they're not they're not right. holding up their fucking pledges. Yeah, and then they'll they'll bring that up and be like, oh, the other uh, only other country that didn't sign it, and I forget it was some Latin American country because I they believe. think it was uh, high enough. Yeah, they do. They already do so much more, and yeah, that's kind of what this is. And I bring that up because that that will tie into uh, this yeah, discussion. It's a French-backed agreement designed to regulate the internet and bolster cybersecurity, approved by 51 countries, including all members of the European Union, launched by Emmanuel Macron, who is basically Trump without the xenophobia. Uh, and it, it basically represents an attempt to set clear rules for the use of cyber weapons. And like you said, it's just in a kind of a gentleman's agreement. Like, a when war happens, agreement. all shit goes out the window, but at least keeps the peace a little longer. Right. And these are the goals. Prevent and recover from malicious cyber activities that threaten or cause significant, indiscriminate, or systemic harm to individuals and critical infrastructure. Prevent activity that intentionally and substantially damages the general availability or integrity of the public core of the internet strengthen our capacity to prevent malign interference by foreign actors aimed at undermining electoral processes through malicious cyber activities, prevent ICT-enabled theft of intellectual property, including trade secrets or other confidential business information, with the intent of providing competitive advantages to companies or, or commercial sector. Want me to take over? Develop yes. ways to prevent the proliferation of malicious ICT tools and practices intended to harm. Uh, to cause harm, uh, strengthen the security of digital processes, products, and services throughout their life cycle and supply chain, support efforts to strengthen and advanced cyber hygiene for all actors. I'll read the big one. Take steps to prevent non-state <laughs> actors, including the private sector, from hacking back. Yeah, so that's, they're basically just saying, we all promise to be good on the yeah. internet. Don't be a dick. Right. It's a good rule of thumb. Yeah, it's like a message board rule. Basically. And if somebody's bad on the internet, we'll all clean them up and say, no, you're not allowed to use the internet. Right. And you're a, you're a bad Iran or whatever. Country. The fat Iran. So, yeah, only China, Russia, and the United States refuse to sign this. And that's the kind of thing you hear it and you go, oh, so we're just like the bad guys. I hear it and say, oh, you mean the future alliance of the world or the access powers? We're going to be the fucking access powers. Yeah. Germany's going to be the good guys. But you don't want, if China and Russia aren't signing this, we're definitely not fucking signing it. Yeah, why should we play by, uh, uh, it's a weird thing to take sides on. Like to, to We're probably taking the opposite side of what many people would expect here, but I think we're both in agreement. Why should we sign to play by rules when our en enemies are going to undercut that? 
Right. Like, they should have to fucking sign, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And there have been some stories this week that make that pretty clear, that we can't just throw our hands up and be, okay, yeah, we're not going to look it's into- like a Trump-Putin, no, you sign, no, you sign, no, you yeah, sign. Yeah, pretty much. No, you sign. And it like it's a thing we can't just throw our hands up and be like, okay, we're we're the United States, we're the good guys. We're definitely not going to look into how to use cyber attacks to neutralize an enemy when our enemies are doing that to us. Like I don't care who the president is at that time. Like we do need to protect ourselves against certain threats. Like that's just that should just be a universal thing people accept. I know there's you know fucking. There's people out there who are like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't care if the United States lost a war. Yeah, you would. You absolutely would, especially if we lost it to someone like China or Russia. Mandarin, motherfucker. Yeah, and it's it's like it's always the people on the farthest left who are like, yeah, I wouldn't give a shit. And it's like, eh, you'd probably you have a lot to worry bubble. about. Yeah, you, you have a lot to worry about if a, a regime of that nature takes over. And even if you just don't want to fucking... Lose wars, man. You don't want to be in wars. You don't want to be general. in wars. Right. But that this is, and this also, we're going to end up talking about Space Force again because there's more Space Force news this week. And it all ties in. Like, that's part of cybersecurity is keeping all Protect of that those shit satellites, safe. brah. Yeah. And there is a story. We talked about this on What in the World at some point last year, I think early last year. But in 2017, the Navy's 7th Fleet, which is... Which is between the 6th and 9th Fleet. What? <laughs> what? Wouldn't it be between ah, the 6th and the 8th? Ah, ah, the 8th is there too, but it's still between them. It is between the 8th. Remember 60-80? Oh, man. <laughs> there it ah, is. Ah, we haven't, we haven't <laughs> talked about this in a while. So uh, I was looking up my thermostat this morning. It was 69 degrees. I was so happy, and then it turned to 70, and I got sad. Eli Manning had a game-winning drive. He went six for nine for 69 yards on Give that, that game-winning drive. Give that man the Super Bowl trophy right now. Yeah, I also tweeted a picture of the Alabama-LSU game, and there was a graphic up that showed that both had converted six out of nine third-down <laughs> attempts. <laughs> Pretty oh, fucking man. great. So in this... In, 2017, the Seventh Fleet, it's one of the most prestigious naval fleets operating in the South China Sea area. For the entirety of their history, they'd had like one accident. In 2000, in the span of about a year between 2016 and 2017, they had, I believe it was six really high profile crashes. So between 2016 and 2017, the Seventh Fleet had somewhere between four and six really major accidents after for a long time having barely any. It's because, a lot of accidents. And no one wanted to admit that there was the possibility that their uh, GPS systems yeah. were admit being- weakness and vulnerability? Never. Right. And- you Can't give other countries that satisfaction? Two of the incidents, which were collisions involving the McCain and the USS which, Fitzgerald. Which, how the fuck? Are, don't you have somebody on deck at least watching for that shit? Well, that's the thing. You're talking about a, a fucking giant ship that weighs how many tons. It's not like you can just speedboat that shit out of the way. Like, that thing, if it's... People need to see your visual impression of speedboating. It's pretty good. I just turned a wheel. <laughs> that's all. That's how you... I, I imagine that is exactly but how you But you leaned a little, it. too. You leaned Because you would have... The boat would lean. <laughs> and, Adam like... Speedboat, bro. Once something is on course for something that's that big, it's 
it's going to take a little bit to turn it, especially if you don't realize you're not headed the right direction initially. And two of these incidents, uh, collisions involving the McCain and the USS Fitzgerald, left a total of 17 sailors dead or missing. I like to think some of them are just like, I'm fucking out, and they swam and are living their own life on an island. That is definitely not what happened. Well, it says or missing. Uh, as of August 2017, when the the most the latest of these incidents happened, that was more servicemen or women who had been killed than had been killed in Afghanistan. Yeah, and if year. another country fucked with our GPS, it's our soldiers' blood on their hands. Oh yeah, absolutely. And there that's was... also another reason you want to admit it, because then you're like, well, fuck, we have to gotta go to war now. Retaliate. Yeah. yeah. And there was lots of speculation that someone was interfering with our GPS systems, but military officials assured us that wasn't happening. Yeah, they've never assured us something that was fault on that. But also, the Navy halted operations around the world so it could uh, do a fleet-wide review of systemic issues. Meanwhile, they fired one guy behind this and said they had lost their faith in his ability to control these ships. It was a guy no one liked. They're just looking for a reason to get rid of him. Probably. Probably had nothing to do with it. And this is a quote from Jeff Stutzman, who is the former Navy, a former Navy information warfare specialist. There's something more than just human error going on because there would have been a lot of humans to be checks and balances. I don't have proof, but you have to wonder if there were electronic issues. The thing is, the software and electronic gear needed to spoof a GPS system has become really easy to get in recent years. All a Russian or Chinese person has to do is learn English, get within earshot of the GPS, and just go, okay, Alexa, turn left. Exactly. And I I think that's a lot of what was happening. Most of our warships are Alexa or Siri-based. Yeah. I mean, I'm oversimplifying it, but really it's... Yeah. They run on iOS 12. (laughs) People don't know that about our U.S. military. And here's the thing. If you read articles about this, there's a bunch of them... Uh, We'll, we'll put links up on the website. I need to start doing that again. But there's a bunch of different articles that talk about this. And in all of them, they're like, well, I mean, that would be really hard to do. And especially with as advanced as our war machines are. Meanwhile, in 2013, a team of graduate students led by Todd Humphreys, a professor at the University of Texas at Austin and satellite navigation expert, they were able to spoof the GPS of an $80 million yacht directing it hundreds of yards off course without the system detecting the change. You know, you know the most fucked up part about that? $80 million yacht, the owner spent $60 million on the GPS. Well, that's the thing. Like, it is going to have a solid GPS system. You would think so at $80 million. Like, that's pr- it's probably got a military-grade GPS system. They upgraded $75 million yacht. If you want the GPS, it's $80 million. <laughs> And so this is definitely a thing that's possible. And when we were having these crashes in uh, of the 7th Fleet in the South China Sea, we were like, no, there's no way that China or Russia would be well, doing that. Well, that was externally for PR. I bet internally they're like, fuck. Well, yeah, they didn't shut down the fucking fleet for a year to review shit for no reason. And now, just this past week, there's a story that during NATO exercises in Chet's native homeland of Norway. Shout out Norway that involved thousands of U.S. and NATO troops, the Russian military successfully jammed our GPS signals. Of course they did. 
And the U.S. hasn't confirmed it yet, again, of course. But Norway and Finland both have come out and said, yeah, Russia fucking jammed the GPS. Shout out to Norway. Keeping it 100. And this is a quote. In view of the civilian usage of GPS, jamming of this sort is dangerous, disruptive, and irresponsible. That's NATO spokesperson Oana Lungescu. And that's the thing. One of when when the Seventh Fleet crashes were happening, that was one of the arguments was that oh well, they couldn't do it to us because it would fuck with civilian GPS. Right. Like China or Russia's gonna be like, whoa, 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 hang on. We're fine fucking with US ships, but if it, it's gonna it's gonna fuck yeah. the Uber driver down the street, no, 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 no. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, there's no way China or Russia would give one single shit about the fallout from jamming UP or US GPS systems. If I were in charge of the, the fleets, you know what I would tell them to do? Use waves. Avoid all this shit. You are the second person to have to made that, that joke, joke <laughs> when this has come up. I don't remember who else I was I talking to. I hated myself for making that joke. I felt like that was an obvious low-hanging fruit. And why would Waze still work? Because everyone, whenever you're like, oh, traffic, people are like, have you used Waze? I'm like, both, oh. Both GPS-based systems. Oh, do I want to get home in the same, in, in a longer amount of time with the GPS that lies to me and, and doesn't account for every left turn being a 10-minute wait? Oh, yeah. Waze should be called adventure mode. <laughs> <laughs> because those fucking turns they expect Left you to turns make. turns only. Yeah, that is. Or like going straight across uh, seven lanes of highway with no fucking intersection stopping traffic in either way. Yeah, it's pretty fucking insane. I'm glad I don't drive that much. So yeah, uh, just a reminder, GPS, satellites, that all runs on, uh, we, need, we need those satellites to operate correctly and not get hacked. So we can fucking win wars and a lot of vulnerability just floating out there in the sky. And this is, again, it's why we need a fucking space force like this. Now there has been another news story this same week. And this is like uh, two weeks ago by the time you're listening to this. But there was a National Defense Strategy Commission or a, a National Defense Strategy Commission report. They're made up of 12 former national security officials and experts. They were tasked a year ago with evaluating the nation's defenses and reviewing the national defense strategy. And this is a quote from them. America's ability to defend its allies, its partners, and its own vital interests is increasingly in doubt. It might struggle to win or perhaps lose a war against China or Russia. And I know, I feel like a lot of America has had that sinking feeling for a while that maybe we wouldn't win a big war. Well, our military spending's up, but it's also a lot of it's wasteful spending. And uh, China's army is substantially larger than ours, right? Um, I think it might be in terms of people, people, but I think we have more weapons. And... Yeah, our defense spending has been down for a long time, and that's what a lot of people have wanted well, was for defense thing. spending to be down. Let's say they drop 50,000 troops off at the fucking bay, wherever. Like, we can't just nuke those 50,000 troops without right. taking out hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of our own civilians. Yeah, and that's why all of our relations in the South China Sea are so important. I know there's this big move among, I, I wouldn't say not, you know, not just tr Trump supporters, but I think people on the left, too, a lot of times are like, yeah, why don't we just like worry about ourselves? And like, so what if? Because the world goes to shit. 
Yeah, well, we're supposed it's not, to it's be not the just, adult in the room. It's not. That's not really the point I'm making. Like, if you if you're talking about a place like the Philippines, where we're like, well, why can't we just fucking cut ties with the Philippines? The Philippines has sort of been our best ally in that region for a long time. And if something war related happens, you want countries to have to either go through them to get to us. Or you want to have that area where if we need to attack them, we can do it from there instead of having to come from fucking San Francisco to do it. And politics and like is fucking tricky. Fucking fleets hit each other and it's like, you got the whole fucking ocean and you managed to hit me? Yeah, exactly. Well, they if they're guided toward each other, yeah. that could happen. And so, yeah, there's now there is a committee of former fucking national security officials who are putting that fear into words. And saying, yes, if we go to war with China or Russia, we're probably not going to win. I mean, Russia has already beat us on some fronts, assuming the election rigging is real. Well, that's, see, and that's sort of the problem. To me, that's an act of war on our democracy. Yeah, but also we need to be worried about real war. Like, I feel like, I don't know, there's this sense that I, I get that war is bad, but we still need to be fucking ready for The country for it. needs to be prepared. And leader, people in leadership positions be need to be prepared. I don't think it necessarily helps if, like, hey, everybody, just start worrying about war. And I don't think that's what you're saying either. No, like, I'm that's not. Part of why I, I'm it's saying not, you want the government yes. to be worried about war. And I know, you know, in real war, not like they're honestly distracted by Trump probably being like, is he going to tweet fucking? I feel fuck like you to another country, and they're worried about like that shit. Trump know? is all the more reason we need to have the fucking military ready. And the thing is. Like, I get that cutting defense spending is a thing that a lot of Democrats and just a lot of people in general wanted. And we did that over the past few years. And I think it's going back up again. But I'm not sure we cut in the right areas because it seems like on the world stage as it pertains to warfare now, we're just at a disadvantage. And this is let's go through a few more quotes. Uh, If the United States had to fight Russia in a Baltic contingency or China in a war over Taiwan, Americans could face a decisive military defeat. And this is another quote. This is a quote from Eric Edelman, the co-commission or commission co-chair of the report. They've learned from. Whoa, whoa, whoa. do it with your Eric Edelman. Here we go. They've learned from what we've done. They've learned from our success. And while we've been off doing a different kind of warfare, that part's important, they've been prepared for a kind of warfare at the high end that we really haven't engaged in for a very long time. What that means is that we can't fight traditionally the way we have fought. And here's some listener homework. Take to Google and search for the United States Unconventional Warfare Which we read in our Venezuela. We talked about it. I was surprised that that was just fucking available for anyone to read. Well, it was part of it was part of the WikiLeaks uh, dump. Oh yeah, that's why it's available to read. Right, and it talks about one of the sentences that most caught my eye in that was that it talks about how this is how we're fighting wars for the foreseeable future. Like traditional warfare is not the policy of the United States, and that's been since. Back it with locals or rebels or whatever, and then right. you act like it's them and not you. Like what we're doing in Venezuela. And eventually you end up fighting yourself and you don't even fucking realize it. Yeah. I wonder if John Oliver read the Unconventional Warfare Manual. Shots Shout out to Dan O'Brien. Uh, yeah, go look that thing up and, and read that sentence where it talks about, well, this is how we're fighting war. And when you combine that with cutting defense spending, there is a very good chance we've been neglecting shit like this. And now where we're back to a point where a major 
traditional type of conflict could break out, we're not fucking ready for it. And that's a bad thing. Like, whether you like war or not, you don't want to lose a war. Like, you don't want to fucking lose a war to Russia and China. You don't want to lose a game of risk. Yeah. Like, it's, and it's not a pride thing. It's just a, a way of life thing. Like, losing a war as a country is bad. There are ramifications that come with that. And we're, we're not fucking ready for it. And that's, uh, this is another goddamn quote. We've basically been underfunding the Defense Department for quite a period of time. I think there's been a disposition to believe that we spend so much money on defense that we should be able to deal with all comers. But what I think people have lost sight of is that the international environment has just become so much more complicated. It is painfully clear that painfully Amer- painfully clear that America is not competing or deterring its adversaries as effectively as it should in cyberspace. We've got to match that kind of intellectual firepower <laughs> they're bringing to the problem with that kind of firepower on our own. Let's enforce stereotypes. Asians are good at math. Yeah. I don't think that's what they're saying. But no, I know. But like, that does feed into it in the long term of, not Asians being good at math, but like, how the US and like all the major categories, none of our students now are like top 10 in science, top 10 in math, top top 10 countries in any of that shit. And like, as decades go on, other people's militaries are going to be better equipped with smarter, more innovative people. Um, right. But and, and it's because all of that ties into defense spending. Like if you want to train people to be really good at this kind of shit, you can do that. And people would love to have those fucking jobs. But and, and it's not like Americans are dumber. Like there are like there are plenty of resources in this country in terms of labor that could be trained to do shit like this and it's that's why it's so important like it it was all fun and games for the past 10 years when we weren't really fucking dealing with wars but while we still needed to keep our fucking defense industry going so we were doing all this covert shit in all these other countries and fucking tearing up the Middle East, countries like fucking Russia and China, probably India, just to some extent. Like, like, India right. has a fucking space program. I'd like to remind people of that. They're not all fucking telemarketers and contracted workers for American corporations. There's all of these world powers that are becoming increasingly more fascist, and they've also been focusing their defense spending on shit like this, on still fighting conventional wars and meanwhile we're not and now fucking russia and china are jamming our goddamn gps systems when we try to fight try to do military exercises that's a bad sign and it's it's a sign that we need to fund we need to put more money into the people that defend those assets in space random thought could you drop a shitload of bombs and melt so much snow and ice that it just flooded all these cities over coming weeks? Like, raise the ocean level? I think that would have ramifications for all of us. Yeah. I mean... If you're just a fucking insane maniac monster. Yeah, we had... At one point, we planned to maybe nuke the moon just to show Russia we could do it. And uh, that would have been a bad idea. Yeah. We, the moon is important for things. Well, the thing is, when the bomb landed, it would be on the moon landing set, which is on Earth, which would then exactly. cause great... Yeah. So in in the midst of all this with 
former defense officials coming out and saying we need to really beef up our spending in this way and with real world examples to back that up. It's not just that they're saying it and they're a bunch of war hawks who just want us to spend more money. They're seeing what's happening and we're seeing what's happening with stories about our GPS being jammed, the fucking Seventh Fleet, all of that. We've we finally decided Space Force should be a thing. And now a story comes out this week. The Air Force... They estimated that the startup budget for Space Force would need to be about thirteen million over the billion. first thirteen billion over the first five years, and the initial budget five billion. So it's a thing that should worry. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be an annual budget. Maybe they'll get the thirteen million over five years. But I mean, it's a step in the right direction, but it might not be a is. big enough step. And it it's a step in the right direction, and it's one that I hope people will stop mocking. Space because Force just sounds so absurd. It just sounds too science fiction. Well, That's why people need to get over that hump. Well, what about when airplanes were invented? What do you think Air Force I know, sounded like? I know, but it's because we have meaning to that now. Right now, Space Force sounds like a... It doesn't help that an insane person is the spoke is the the mouthpiece for it right now. Right, but he's just the mouthpiece right now. It's been an idea that's been hung over the Air Force's yeah. head for a long time, and they're obviously not doing a good enough job, or our shit wouldn't be getting jammed Joe up. Joe Biden we do. talked about Space Force. Space Force would be cool as shit. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Like in it, I think people just need to. I don't. I don't know what else you could call it. Satellite Force. Satellite Force isn't bad. Agree with me. Intergalactic Force. No, see, that's a step in the wrong direction. Sky Force. The Sioux Falls Sky Force. Sky I used Force to shout out to the Sky Force. I used to go to the they were like a sub NBA D League team and uh I used to go check out their games. It was all right. It was all right. Atmosphere Force? No. That sounds like weather. <laughs> it's gonna uh, have to be satellite force or space force, I'm sorry. And I think space force makes more sense because what's above the what's above the air satellite force at least paints a better picture for people to get on board yeah but i don't need to pander to these motherfuckers call it fucking space force Pander and you, force you take that fucking pill and you swallow it we need to protect our goddamn satellites i don't care who's president at the time but we probably won't and uh good luck america get it politics podcast that's the name no of the podcast. remember we ended an episode like that recently and we said we're gonna end every episode like that i don't it's remember that was yet. my idea Copyright Adam Todd Brown. No, I said every episode. Good luck, America. America. God fish. <laughs> yeah. We just want to go fishing. We just want America to have good luck. All right. So that is our episode. Oh, really? That is. We, we, yeah, got we, got, we got through everything. Uh, I did add to the notes, but will the Space Force have cool helmets? I mean, they'll have to have helmets, obviously. Will They're they working cool in space. ones. Will they be like Rick Moranis? Probably. Spaceballs. I would want mine to be kind of big and spacious. Still one of the funniest visuals. Spacious. One of the funniest visuals. Oh, I get it. Like, because we're talking about space. Right. And so it'd be spacious. Oh, Adam, give yourself a sound effect. You always get the good ones. I sure do. So what do we have to plug before we get out of here? We're doing a New Year's Eve unpops live at the Hollywood Hotel. But it's- what? Actually, December 29th, not December oh, 31st. Way better. Yeah. Oh, last year it was on December 30th, and I was high through the new year. This year, are you trying to see if you can get me high for three fucking days? No, but you should come. I don't if know. I'm in town. I don't know what we're doing for it yet, but it's going to be a New Year's Eve party, 9 p.m., Hollywood Hotel, December 29th. Then you can go celebrate regular New Year's Eve a couple day la- days later if you're a maniac. It's like borderline purge. 
I don't yeah. fuck around on New Year's Eve. And uh, patreon.com slash unpops. You can get you get at least two bonus episodes every single week. And uh, usually it's closer to three or four of all now, the podcasts now, I co-host. How can people join the Discord? Because I'm so... I've been DM'd on Instagram, tweeted at, texted, emailed. I know you've said this. I'll can send you, you a link. Can you just make a link right on the homepage of Unpops? Right on the homepage? No, but we'll f- we'll put it Something. somewhere. People keep at people want to know. Is so. that can you not search for a fucking Discord? I guess I tried and I couldn't find the link for them. <laughs> that's insane. God, that thing's a hassle. But yeah, we have but a Discord. It's your original idea, and we have. Yeah, I didn't. It was my my idea, and I decided to run with it. So I have to live with the ramifications. Of I that. mostly just use it now to share pictures of my dog Cagney in the Pets Channel, and to challenge Kevin Anderson at tennis. Oh yeah. I use it to talk about music, war paint. Yeah, so join the Discord. Uh, You'll see what we posted on record day. We'll put a fucking link somewhere. Follow me on the grams. I mostly do Instagram stories of my dog every day. Follow me on the grams at Adam Todd Brown. Why you got to talk over my... Go ahead, say it. At Adam Todd Brown. Yeah! (laughs) Uh, Well, that's it for us. That is it for us. Chester, say goodbye. I won't say that, but I will wish you this. Good luck, America. 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 Good luck, America. Good Good luck, America. Good luck with that. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Good luck.